Welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. I'm sitting here at Hillsong in Sydney, 2010, with the legendary As Hamilton. As Hamilton uh, here is uh, one of the uh, compassion advocates. He's, uh, he runs the uh, the Youth Compassion Arm of Australia, and he has uh, been a legend for years in uh, Brisbane, working at 96.5 at uh, running the Youth Show Night Alive, uh, the Choices Program in high schools all over Brisbane, and. Uh, he went on a trip to Haiti at one stage, and I think everything changed after that trip. We're going to find out a bit about that in the interview today. Firstly, as tell me, what do you think about Hillsong 2010? Mate, it is awesome, but it's cold, it's wet, and apparently that's just normal, so I'm loving it. I'm just I'm embracing it for what it is. This heat is doing me well right here, so it's amazing, mate. Just the speakers, phenomenal. T.D. Jakes last night blew my mind, so good stuff. Now, tell us about the speakers. Have you had any favourite, uh, have you had any God moments in any of the speakers yet? Uh, look, Judah Smith, getting to the other side message, pretty much talking about just um, when Jesus was asleep on the boat in the storm. So um, uh, that message was pretty phenomenal because sometimes we get vision and we uh, think, what's going on? Where are we going? But I suppose just reiterating just the fact that if God said he's going to do it, he'll do it. Just relax and be in peace with that. So um, that was pretty amazing this week. And um, then T.D. Jakes just sort of confirmed that last night about don't ever lose your joy in all the craziness. So, yeah, I suppose that's been sort of the stuff that I'll be taking away from this week. So it's great. Now, as um, you're uh, well-known all over Australia now for uh, speaking uh, about a heart of compassion for, for uh, kids all over the world. Now, you've, you're someone who's actually paid the ultimate price for, uh, for kids you got your dreadlocks cut off one day. Uh, firstly, tell us about that story. Well, you've got to understand these dreadlocks were five years of dirty growth. And um, I definitely uh, didn't really want to lose them. But at the same time, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, and we might talk about this more, but uh, I got to travel to Haiti uh, two years ago now. And um, we got evacuated within uh, 48 hours of landing on that island. And um, I suppose that, that moment was uh, a pretty crucial moment for me because it just sort of opened my eyes to the need that's out there. Um, and to know that there's this island with millions of children that um, desperately need help, and we got out, and uh, I came back to Brisbane, and I just wrecked, you know, and um, so over the next few months, it was sort of like, what do I do? What can I do to help kids? And that was really the only thing I could think of. I'm like, well, I've got this hair that everyone knows me for. I've got these dreads that are down my back, and and I'm like, well, I could cut these off. And so it was funny because I I just, I was talking to a mate probably the day I decided to do it, and I said to him, mate, um, I'm going to cut off my dreads. And he goes, you need a website. And I said, really? Next day, he, he emails me and he says, I've got a website built for you. It's called 500dreads.com. When you get 500 kids, cut them off. And so we had this website and it was so much fun. And so we, we had all these people sponsoring kids and we put them on the rad list. And um, it was just amazing. And uh, last April, actually, um, at Easterfest in Toowoomba, the, uh, the hair came off. So the 500 children were sponsored. And uh, yeah, so it was quite, a, quite an achievement for me, just so you know. The dirty locks still exist. I still have these. Dirty- <laughs> I still have them. I- I'm holding them. You know, they say that it's, it's like one of those moments with Gollum and the Lord. It's my precious. You know, <laughs> like I can't let them go. It's pretty disgusting. Now let's get um, uh, down a little bit of your story, as uh, you um, you and I met each other when you just kind of come out of school. You're in radio, uh, and then you ended up at 96.5 in Brisbane. Um, I heard you speak at high schools about your testimony, your life story, about how 
uh, you know, things went a bit off the rails and then you had a God encounter, you know, in your life. Tell us about that story. Um, well, I suppose, like, uh, my story is pretty interesting because I grew up in a Christian family um, and a solid Christian family. Love my family. and um, and um, But I suppose I went through uh, Christian schooling, you know, around church things and had heard it all, actually finished school and um, went to Bible college because it was the next transition, you know, and uh, I suppose what happened in Bible college was I kind of, I was looking for the practicality for my Christianity, you know, there's a lot of theory and I was learning all this stuff and I thought, well, what about all my non-Christian mates? How does this actually apply to them? And so I suppose I found it a bit frustrating and then um, there was a bit of disappointment at the end of the year where one of my, I suppose my heroes in the faith uh, had came out that he was... Uh, I suppose stuffing up, and so I suppose just that classic moment of young young guy going, well, if you're if you're not real, then I don't you know I don't want to be part of it. And so I suppose directly after that, I, I kind of just went through a bit of a phase where I thought, well, I don't know where I'm at, and and I mean God Himself says be hot or cold, so I choose to be cold, and I suppose that was sort of what I went through for about a year, and um, I suppose everything just sort of started collapsing. It's amazing how a year after. Um, being in Bible college, you know, doing all this God stuff, um, a year after I was, I was waking up with a, with a hangover and going, well, uh, what's this all about, you know? And um, it was amazing because God knows what he's doing. And um, I think that's really uh, the message because um, I remember waking up one morning and just going, oh, I feel horrible. And just thinking, God, what am I doing here? Like, how did I end up here? And just not even praying it, but I think, I suppose for me, it was just like, give me a way out, God. If you give me a way out. I just need to start. I need to be passionate about something. And, you know, it was amazing. Like about three weeks later, out of the blue, I got this call from this radio station saying, would you like to apply for a youth show? Um, and I was like, oh, not really, you know. But I thought, I'll do it. And I just put a bit of a, I suppose, one of the fleeces out there. And I said, God, get me this job and I'll drop everything. I'll just start again. And um, sure enough, I got the job. <laughs> Um, probably because my resume had all the right ticks on it. You know what I mean? Like Bible college, you know, Christian. There's all this stuff that they thought they needed. And I thought, this is my way out. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just went in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's going great. As I'm just going, oh, now I've got to change everything. And, um, and I suppose over the next year and a year and a half, I, I started getting back into church and stuff. And uh, the rest is history, I suppose. And um, just amazing how God just flipped all that and used all that year two of my experiences to be able to speak to teenagers. And because a lot of teenagers say, "You don't know what I feel like." Yeah, well, actually, I do. So it's um it's pretty incredible how that all came about. Now, I don't know if people realise, but you know, as was a pioneer in this uh, radio program, Not Alive, which you know is one of the largest community radio stations per capita in the country, you know, and thousands and thousands and thousands of teenagers every night listening and, and then going into high schools every week with legends like Sean Hart, former Brisbane Lions player, um, Deb Lovely, the uh, Olympic gold medalist, Brad Thorne was here part of it too from the Broncos, yep, heaps of legends. Tell us what you would speak about at the Choices Program. Um, the Choices Program was all about um, making positive life choices uh, for teenagers that had made mistakes. I suppose the strongest message was that it doesn't matter how much you've stuffed up, you can always rebuild. And there's no, never a time in your life where you can say, actually, I'm going to make a choice to change. Um, so that was sort of the message. And, uh, you know, these athletes that have done some incredible stuff, like Sean Hart, you know, three times grand finalist and stuff like that, best on field in one of the games. I mean, his story was all about, I suppose, consistency and, and training and actually training for the big game. So um, it, was, it was one of those things where, where Sean would use his story about not giving up, continuously practicing, continuously training. Um, and then I'd also just share my story about 
how you can rebuild on stuff that's broken. So uh, that was one thing. And then obviously, you know, Deb Lovely. She's now Deb Ackerson. And um, yeah, uh, so, you know, she's, she would give her story about how everyone in her life said she couldn't achieve anything. And then she ended up being the strongest woman in Australian history. <laughs> so, you know, you've got these pretty amazing stories. And, uh, and then at the end of the program, we'd uh, record the kids, put them on the radio, and uh, we'd have hundreds of kids on the radio every week just saying hi to their mates in Brisbane. And I think that's really what it was all about. It's why Night Alive grew. is because it was all about the kids, and we just wanted to really make them heroes on the radio. And, um, and, and it worked. You know, we did two to three schools a week. Now, I've seen some of your YouTube clips over the years – you do some pretty crazy stuff, but I remember you telling a couple of testimonies, um, one in particular, uh, where kids' lives have been changed through, uh, you know, the radio program you used to do. Um, tell us uh, some of those stories. Is there any, any spring to mind about some kids that have been impacted through, through the radio show? Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing because we would have so many different kids calling up. And one of the things that I used to love about doing radio was the callers would be calls from a lot of youth shelters, like kids that had no one to talk to or, you know, and they'd become like, it would sort of like be the regular listeners. And one girl used to call up, um, she just asked for a whole bunch of help and um, she'd always be asking advice. And this one girl, uh, I suppose she was regularly calling up and saying, you know, she was going through this stuff with relationships or this or that. And it was always interesting to give her feedback. And one night actually at the radio station, I got a call from this girl and she, she said, oh, are you at the radio? And I said, well, of course I am. You know, you're listening. She said, I'm outside your station. And I went, what? She goes, yeah, I'm here. I've come to give you something. And I was like, well, okay, this is interesting. And it was just lucky that, you know, the board members and stuff were in that night because normally, you know, you can't just let people in late at night. You don't know what's going on. And this girl came in and she, um, she was just at the end of her, I suppose, tally. She, she pulls out this bag of weed. She's got this weed in her hand. She goes, I want to give you this. And um, I said, why? She said, I just want you to know I've quit smoking this weed because of what you were talking about to me and I said okay that's great she goes however I just want to give you just say that thank you for trying to help me but this is the last day of my life um I'm not going to be alive tomorrow and um you know me just just going what what are you talking about and uh she went on to talk about why she just decided no it was over she'd made the decision she knew how she was going to end it and I, you know, me just going straight into this, no, no, you've got a purpose, this is the intervention, this is why God's brought you to the radio station, you know, this moment. And um, I remember just thinking, my gosh, you know, like, I just went into mode of like, this girl cannot die. You know, like, you know, those moments where you just go, I've got to give everything I can to tell her that she's important. And um, she went away, but she left after that. And I remember calling the managers and saying, we've got to pray for this girl. We've got to pray for her now. And we just stood around and said, God, just don't let this girl die. And in fact, one of the statements she said, she said, well, if God wants me alive, he won't let me die tonight. And um, well, I'm like, this is it. I'm, I'm telling you now, this is your reason. But she didn't want to listen to that. And, you know, we prayed for her. And um, it was interesting because two days later, I got a call. And it was this girl on the phone. And I said, hey... What's going on? She goes, oh, I'm in hospital. And I said, oh, well, what's going on? She said, well, I couldn't die. I tried to jump off a bridge. I tried to overdose and I tried to come. I couldn't die. And so in the end, I just came to hospital. <laughs> and, and she said, well, maybe you're right. And I said, yeah, that's, that's Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, because we pray that you wouldn't be able to die, <laughs> you know. And, um, and after that, you know, she worked through a whole bunch of things. Now she's doing an apprenticeship. I think I, I occasionally hear from her, uh, in hospitality and she's loving that. And she's just really, that was the moment, you know, the, the reason for her, her wanting to end everything was it was the end of her schooling years and she didn't know what she wanted to do. And she was so confused as to what can I do with my life? She just went, well, there's nothing I can see on the other side. There's no point. 
Um, but now she's got some purpose. So um, I suppose that was definitely one of those moments where I thought, you know, isn't it incredible how radio and media and just being able to influence and just speak, you know, life into young people is so important. So that was cool. Literally lives are being saved, you know. It's just incredible. And, you know, I remember you and I had a chat outside Narangbar High School one day. We were both talking at some RE day they had there and, you know, it just hit me the importance of speaking into the next generation because you know the youth suicide rate in australia is ridiculous you know like you were just talking about and you know there might be people listening now as who are you know searching for god who mightn't have connected with god would you speak to those listeners about how they would you know start a relationship with god how, how they'd become a christian i suppose for me um i think the thing is it's just get real with god um it's not about being religious and um and getting out there and uh, and saying, you know, you know, how art thou, God? You know, and trying to speak all this lingo. It's just, I mean, I know when I talk to God, it, I'm just in the car and I'm just chatting away, like you know, just talking like this, really, um, and just pouring out my heart. Um, the thing about God is that He wants actually a relationship, and I think people forget that they get caught up in this whole "I've got to do all these right things." But when you're in a relationship, you know that it's so much more important, you know, and all those other things seem to fall away, you know. They kind of grow dim, I think the Bible talks about it, because, you know, it's, it's you know, the closer you are to God, it doesn't, those other things aren't as big issues. And um, I suppose if you're out there right now and just going, you know, this Jesus thing, what's he all about? You know, Jesus, Jesus is absolutely phenomenal. And um, I think the thing, the first thing to do, I mean, just seriously rock up to a church. Let's go to a church. Maybe just rock up and just meet someone. Um, you know, or, um, you know, talk to someone, if you know anyone that you know has got a relationship with this God, maybe it's time for you to get to know him too. And um, that's the thing, it's just, you just got to start somewhere, you know, it's not about one day I'm this and the next day I'm completely changed because it's a journey. And sometimes I think we, there's a lot of people out there might automatically, you know, commitment to Jesus too, going, oh, this Jesus guy. I'm going to give him a go, and then the next day going, well, I've still got all these issues in my life. It's not about being completely, you know, perfect. It's about just understanding that God loves you, and um, and that's probably the most important thing to do. So that's what I'd say. Just get into Go and visit a church. Do that. You aren't just talking the talk. You walk the walk, too. You know, you live the life. And uh, I just think if there's anyone listening now that really wants to respond to that, um, you know, you can get in contact with us. Just go to the website of Compassion. Um, as can you give us the details? How can people get in contact and get involved in Compassion? Well, I mean, there's, I suppose there's two ways. You go to the Compassion website, um, I suppose, and contact just to the contact page. But um, probably the best way is we've actually got a new youth campaign. And um, this might sound funny. You might be like, why would you call it that? And maybe I'll explain it. But we've got a new website called inmyveins.com. And... Um, and the, and the full statement is, it's in my veins to embody change for the sake of children in poverty. We called it in my veins because people like to, I like to stir people up a little bit. Like, what is it that actually brings you life? I mean, it's funny how we have all these negative connotations about your vein system, but it brings you life, you know? And um, our youth campaign is all about teenagers using their giftings to speak up for children and whoever they are as a person, what their heart's beating for, what are they actually living their life for? And we're talking about living your life for something greater than yourself for children. And so at that website, um, I have a personal blog and you can just contact me via that blog. You can actually send me personal messages or whatever and I'd love to hear from you. So um, definitely check out inmyveins.com. We just launched that and it's pretty exciting, so it's cool. Well, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Mate, really appreciate it. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.